It's been a long, long week. Good weather, but long. This is like my third trial trying to record this. I've deleted, I found a way to delete my own recordings. Yeah, I figured that. But hey, I'm back for the third time. The third time is the charm, okay? So anyway, <laughs> I wanted to speak on a word that I learned today. Black tax. I don't know if any of you have heard of it before, but it was my first time basically hearing about it. The description I know about. The word I'm not familiar with. So I'm going to read you what Google says. You know, our friend Google, Google University. <laughs> so the term black tax is commonly used in South Africa. It refers to financial support that black professionals are expected to give their extended families. And then in the U.S., it describes the racial dimensions that perpetuate a cycle of inequality, such as lower power and a lower standard of education. I hope you can't hear the fireworks because, you know, the fireworks have been going crazy for like the past two weeks. But anywho, back to black tax. So I know all of us are familiar with, you know, federal tax, state tax, um, for those in Kenya, VAT, such things. But the black tax is not found in our paychecks. That's just a looming hidden tax, you know. Until today, I didn't know there was a word for it, you know. But I've been doing it. I've been getting taxed, you know. <laughs> yeah. So for the one, the description by the South African community regarding giving money to their extended families, that just aligned with what happens with the African diasporans, you know. Uh, you have to send something or you feel obligated to send something back home every time you get paid, you know. You feel like, okay, I got my whatever check I got. Okay, this part, this 50%, this 20% is going here, there, here, there, and there. And it's like these little handouts, unfortunately, that tend to add up. Like if you add up from January the 1st to December 31st of a year, if you add up all the little stipends or the black taxes that you have sent out, your mouth will fall down literally and i mean yes it's going to come out of your head and just fall because the shock you'll be like wow and probably sometimes you might be sending like for example i'm talking about kenya because that's what i'm familiar with you might be sending a thousand shillings today another thousand to somebody else if you combine all those little thousands, five hundred, ten thousands, if you combine all those, you'll be like, wow, what am I doing with my life? You know? But hey, that's the human section of us, you know? We empathize and we put ourselves in other people's shoes and you're like, okay, if I was the one in such a situation where I wasn't doing too well, then I would hope, you know? that somebody would help me out. So I'm not against black tax. I'm just saying, could it be a reason why 
that uh, black professionals are not able or even African diasporans are not able to really save up because the money that they will be saving is basically becoming the black tax. That's a very good question for everybody to ponder in. And if you want to engage me in this question, uh, you can reach me on my Instagram page, uh, Tetty and Chill. And also I'll put in a link uh, for Anchor where you can leave a voice message. I'll be very happy to hear from you guys. Right now I feel like I'm just talking to myself. I'm an only child, so that's not really new. But yeah. (laughs) And then the other part for, you know, how they describe about the U.S., uh, you know, about the lower pay and the lower standard of education. That is pretty much the truth. That's the truth right there. You know, uh, if you go to some communities, you will notice the gentrification. You'll notice the buildings in some communities are very run down as compared to other communities. And also, if you go to one public school and the other public and you go to another affluent public school, you will be surprised. The education system is the same, but the underfunding, it's very, very visible. You know, schools in communities where minorities are more, they tend to be underfunded, understaffed, you know. And so the education is basically uh, a broken system. And for education, that's the, the way that most people try to get out of the so-called hoods, you know. And it, it's, it's sad because that's how you know already some people who have had it smoother in life have a head start, you know, while others not so much. I was listening to some um, something that was on YouTube regarding the Black Lives Matter, this uh, individual, this gentleman was saying that um, you could see that uh, uh, a black child or rather a black boy would opt to go to maybe to a corner and start selling, you know, just start dealing drugs because basically that's what they have seen. That's what they have known. That's what basically has been imprinted in them, okay? And probably in at their home, they don't even have food. They, the mom doesn't have a job. The, the dad is absent. So they tend to end up being the breadwinner, you know? And so this gentleman uh, was basically saying, if at all the government can start funding each community equally, then all children will have the same opportunities to thrive, you know? And if for those boys who go to a corner to, to deal drugs or whatever, those are in reality business skills. Those are things that they can go to school and do instead of selling drugs and basically... Um, Take another path and do a business skill with a different, a way totally different path, you know. And for lower pay, hmm, 
gender inequality in America has been there. They've been having convos for the longest since I've been here about gender inequality and pay. And it's still the same thing. It never really changes, you know. It never really changes at all. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit, um, it's confusing given the fact that now we're trying to fight for racial inequality and the, the other part hasn't been fixed. The gender inequality is still waiting like a hello. It's like, you know, the corona and Ebola or corona and uh, AIDS. AIDS is like, okay, I've been here before, you know. Uh, so that's the same thing. Gender inequality is just waiting, you know, um, for it to get solved. But nothing, nothing has really transpired from that apart from just little steps, which I'm not saying, I'm not knocking any hassle saying that little progress is still good progress, but it's too many, too many things not right in this world. And, uh, I just tend to wonder which men specifically the men with privilege so white men which white men sat on uh, around the table and thought all the laws and regulations that they gave out to basically uh rule the world makes sense to everybody like because some of the things that are ongoing in this world you just you will just sit down and be like oh, what they were they okay up here or what's going on? Because things do not make sense. There's no way somebody could just sit down and describe one gender to be superior than the other or one race to be superior than the other or one community deserves more money, more funding than the other. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy notion all in all, you know? And that brings me to the point where uh, I was saying that apparently last year was the year of return 2019 in Ghana. Apparently they were telling African-Americans they are welcoming them back to their home. And given that a lot of people have done their DNA lineage and history, they tend to find that most of their roots are higher percentage of their roots roots are from Ghana or West Africa. So most of them tend to relocate that way. And there's a quite a number that have already moved to Ghana and Nigeria and all those countries surrounding, you know, in West Africa. And I'm like, just imagine somebody who's been born here in the United States, but they do not feel any connection with their own country. Just imagine that, that you have to go to a different continent where you feel more connected, but you've never lived there, you aren't born there, just imagine that, you know? And for us, the Africans, immigrants, uh, uh, we have kids, we're having, we'll, we'll be having children or we already have families here. Uh, it made me think, what are we trying? How are we trying to basically bring up our kids uh having to have this balance between the american culture and the kenyan culture how are we helping them basically have that balance of being americans and africans you know what are we doing 
we don't, you know, already we know that um, kids born of a mixed race tend to say that they do not know exactly whom to identify with. Sometimes they are told they are not black enough. Sometimes they are told they are not white enough. So they kind of tend to feel like they, 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 they do not know exactly who they are, you know? And that's the same thing with kids born to, into families of immigrants. They will ask the same question. Am I supposed to be American? Or am I supposed to act the other culture, act like the other culture, you know? For example, kids who come in from African continent, the African continent, when they go to school here, they tend to say that they're bullied a lot due to their accent or called uh, African booty sc- scratcher and such things. So how are they supposed to identify? Are we supposed to still teach them that they're supposed to be proud of who they are on both sides, being an American and also an African? Um in my opinion, yes. It's good to bring up or let the child know both of their culture. You know, this is their home, so they must know their American culture. But they must also know their heritage. They must know their history. And that's where the, where the parents are from. So we as the parents have... Um, that's our job to make sure that they have that balance, you know, because if us who are in the diaspora, mm-hmm. 95% of the people in diaspora tend to say that they are investing so that eventually they can go back home. If you do, if you do not bring up your kids to know both cultures, then why are you investing back home? from your, you know, in your country of origin? Why are you investing there? If you're trying to find generational wealth in your home country and your kids do not even know anything about your origins, why are you investing there? You know? That would be just a wealth just lost, (laughs) you know? But that's that's the reality. We have to basically bring our children up knowing both ends of their culture and make sure that they are proud of both sides so that they don't have to feel like they need to choose, you know? Yes, so that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about today. And this is my third take Oh my gosh, yes. I started around 11.30 and now it's almost 12.30. I deleted two times. I hope I'm going to be able to keep this one. But it was nice um, chatting up with you guys virtually. Please, if you would like to engage me, uh, you can reach reach me on Instagram, Teti and Chill, and I'll post another link down here for anchor up where you can reach me there um yes till next time bye